0: I heard this one commercial on SoundCloud, which, like, who uses SoundCloud? But, I mean, I do, so, yeah. But the commercial was one of the worst commercials I've ever heard in my life because they said, if you sign with us and the rates go up, they stay up. But if you sign with us and the rates go down, they stay down. So, in a way, you're winning. And that's a direct quote. In a way, you're winning. That's... (laughs) What? (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) But you know how you can be a winner? That's right. Go to (laughs) Claybox. Oh my god, it's so corny. But seriously, go check out Clay Pot, located at 58 St. Mark's Place. Um, Friends with the owner, it's a great time. Really homey Clay Pot dishes, and because it's cooked in a Clay Pot that's porous, really like, seals in a lot more flavor than you would get out of a conventional iron or metal skillet kind of contraption, and uh, it's all kinds of good stuff. You could get, like, eel, you could get pork belly, and if you're one of the people that doesn't eat anything with a face, if you're like vegetarian or vegan, you can also have that kind of option too. You know, it's friendly for everybody. So go down, check it out. And if you want to dine in and you want to bring a brother, a sister, a friend, a date, or you're just gluttonous like me and you want to eat two, you can go down, buy one, get one free, use code word 506podcast. Literally go in, talk to the manager and be like, hey, 506podcast. Don't even say your name. Just go up and just literally say that. And I don't know if they'll actually like, look at you weird, but it should work. All right, let me know if it doesn't. <laughs> uh, and uh, Clay Pot is actually no longer on Grubhub and Seamless, and that's unfortunate, but you can still get your Clay Pot fix if you're within a one mile radius of the actual location. And all you have to do is just go on their website, www.claypotnyc.com, and there's a Deliver section there. And you can also, if you're more new age and techie and like your phone more than a computer, you can go on Instagram. You should also totally follow them, Claypot at Claypot NYC. And you can just follow them, and they should have a button there for getting your Claypot fix delivered. So check that out. Today's podcast is with not Joe Rogan. Um, yeah, i it's just we talk about, well, first off, his again sorry to hit you with another one but his psilocybin trip which is the science word for magic mushrooms so psychedelics again yep and we also talk about judo and that's just because i I know homeboy from uh, the jujitsu club so uh, we met through that way super nice guy and i also found out that he's like a beer connoisseur like he just knows so much stuff about beer and it's just like yeah wow those three topics so joe rogan and if you don't know who joe rogan is fine that's cool just Listen, it's dope. (laughs) Uh, I do also have to preface that like I'm still doing the thing where I'm saying phrases that people don't know what they mean. So to clarify, we do talk about judo a lot. Um, A gi is kind of the uniform that a practitioner wears. You can imagine it. It's like the karate uniform with the black belt emoji that you can find on your phone. It's that. And that's just really different type of grappling compared to like nogi Jitsu where it's like you're wearing kind of like spats so there's a difference because you can grab onto the uniform and use that as a tool to get the submission or get the throw also uh i throw around the word kata a lot um, that's just uh forms is also a synonym for it and what that is it's like a it's a sequence of techniques but you're not fighting anyone but you're you're kind of like in a ring or you're on a stage of some sort and it's it's kind of a dance ish the real origins of it is because martial arts were banned for some time in Japan. I, I believe this is true, I might be wrong, but I believe that martial arts were banned. So what people ended up doing was that they would disguise their techniques as a, a sequence of like techniques, but they would do it without having a partner. So it would just look like dance moves. And they would just do that and use that to refine their martial arts while subverting the illegal ban on martial arts. So fun fact for you. And I think that's pretty much all the terms that were left out. Everything else should be explained in the podcast, I hope. But let me know if I missed anything. So without further ado, here's Nacho Rogan. (laughs)
1: Never had any drugs before if you consider cigarette and alcohol to be drugs which doesn't really count that way right yeah so it was last week I had a really bad day after failing a job interview right uh-huh. so my friends were like hey do you guys want to do a mushroom next week <laughs> Dude. yeah at first I was like you know what uh-uh no I promised my mother I would never do any drugs <laughs> not even weed right yeah but Dang that was before. You. That was before. I had a really bad day that day. So I was like, you know what? I want to make myself feel a bit better. So I said, like, yeah, sure, sure thing. Let's do it. So we did it on July 4th.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: Because right. <laughs> I thought it would be better to have all the fireworks and stuff, you know? Because yeah. I heard people say you can see visions, you can see images. and I thought it would be really cool. So I said, like, yeah, let's do it on July 4th. So it was in a really high apartment building. So everything's fantastic and we took this room, right for the first thirty minutes. I was really nervous. I was like, "Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit,, oh am gonna do this is my first time doing drugs. <laughs> I was so nervous, and I feel like I can see and not really seeing things, but just that my muscle relaxed, right, uh-huh. and how should I describe it? It's just so weird. I feel like everything's just fading away, All right then probably an hour has passed by that time I just start sitting there and I was really worried my friend told me that you need to be really relaxed to have a good trip right uh-huh. is that true yeah sounds like it but at that time I was like oh shit what if they what if they had crack or heroin in it? <laughs> you know I've never done drugs before yeah which is why I'm really worried uh-huh. I was like oh shit what if my life just changed from this point on yeah man right? that's, that's a thought <laughs> right I was like you know, for the past 20 years of my life, I was a good college student, everything went smooth, and then, on this very day, I took drugs. What if the heroin it? What if heroin, what if heroin does, does me really bad, right? Then probably another 15 minutes had passed, I was like, you know what, just F it. I'm just going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I really couldn't remember much details. It probably depends on which kind of serum you take. Uh-huh. I didn't see much visions or images.
0: Yeah. Do you know how much you took?
1: Um, I think four grams. Holy oh, shit!
0: Wait. Okay, you should, you should you should totally get fucking visions off four grams. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think the like the recommended is like three point five for like beginners. So, yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't
1: know. Yeah. We took two grams first, then hmm. another two grams after thirty minutes. Okay. Right. But. I think the the greatest experience I had was probably over music. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not image or anything, but just purely music because I was trying to use music to calm myself down. Uh-huh. And then I felt every single drum, you know, all the. How should I how how describe it? But just I feel I'm flowing with the music.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. It, like music sounds really different. And really? Get, like, yeah. Really.
1: Like, the bass and everything, just holy shit, <laughs> right? But after that, what else? Just time flows really slowly. Yeah. I bet everybody feels that way, right? Yeah. Mm Other than that, it's just like it's surrealistic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You didn't get anything like like stuff is like swirling or like.
1: Actually, that too. Yeah. Yeah, because so I was like listening to music, where right? I was closing my eyes. So I just dun dun dun, listening to music, Then I open up my eyes, looking at my leg, it's just like <sighs> swirling. Yeah, it looks like the right?
0: like the Van Gogh kinda painting, right? Like like, that. Yeah. Yeah. Like very like I don't know how to describe it, like watercolor ish, but it's like breathing and moving. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, other than that, I really couldn't remember much. It just It's my first time taking drugs. I really I don't know how to control my thought or my mind to follow the effect. Right? What about well, you,
0: dude, I mean I mean like shrooms are like like up there dude like that really I, I i think most people would like like probably smoke weed before they do shrooms like shrooms are like know, yeah. a whole different class you know what i, I mean know, like, i know
1: what you're talking about
0: <laughs> he just jumped right in how, how,
1: how do you feel after you take shrooms
0: oh i've never done shrooms man what <laughs> no okay
1: because <laughs> one of my friends said that it kind of feels the same as taking weed
0: I I don't know. I've heard that. I've had friends who have said that, like, it's very similar to, like, a weed kind of high, which is probably why a lot of people who, like, have smoked weed end up, like, who do shrooms are like, oh, this is very similar to this, and they're a little more calm because of that. Like, the highs are kind of very similar, so they're, like, a little more relaxed, and, like, this is kind of, like, comfortable zone. But, I mean, you don't smoke weed, so it was literally just like, what the
1: hell is going on? (laughs) to be honest, I think the experience was not relaxing Oh dude, no, I mean no, like yeah. shrooms
0: like no psychedelics yeah. aren't supposed to be like a like a happy fun I mean they can be, but yeah. like most of the time they kinda like kick you in the ass and you're kinda just like looking at your life and you're like oh my god. Like, exactly,
1: what? exactly, yeah. My muscle they were relaxed, right? That's definitely true. Then my mind just literally trip.
0: Shot like the
1: Exactly. I didn't understand why people called it a trip at first. Yeah. Then <laughs> after that night I realized, okay it's literally a trip. Yeah. it's like a trip to another dimension. Then back. Yeah. I felt, like, what the fuck am I doing with my life?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, did you feel like super self-conscious about like what you're doing, what other people are doing? Like a lot of people who do psychedelics typically report um, there's usually a part where they just become super aware of everything. Like colors jump out to them, and like music sounds better. I don't know if that's like what you experienced at all.
1: I think. Mm... What I thought is that you are super aware of something, mm-hmm. right? Certain things. For example, as we are right now, we are aware of surroundings, right? Over each other, table, everything and that. Mm-hmm. But while I was high, I'm aware of certain things. Like the phone in my hand mm-hmm. or my fingers, right? I bend them unconsciously. But everything else, I don't know they exist. I have to pick my attention to, okay, je, look at that. Oh, there's a television and I would pay attention to the television really much then at the same time I don't know what I'm doing with my hands or the legs
0: or so you're like hyper focused on hyper-focused, like a single point hyper focused exactly yeah okay yeah that's
1: that's pretty cool <laughs> oh it's good oh
0: like you you'll look at a leaf and just like look at it until like eternity and just be like whoa there's so much going on right
1: <laughs> but the funny thing is that I asked my friends to take a video of me mm-hmm. oh, i because <laughs> I want to see how fucked up I look when I'm high and then after was while, he said, Hey, do you take any videos? I said, Now. Nah. I was like, Why? I said, You just look normal. <laughs> yeah. Right. He said, You oh. just look normal. I said What? I don't feel normal?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you don't <laughs> yeah, feel normal.
1: No shit. Right. I don't feel normal, but I appear to be really normal.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay.
1: But I will never do it again.
0: Never do it again?
1: I don't feel loose and control. I don't like that.
0: Oh, yikes, man. I mean, I know, like, with. So, like, what. I've heard the difference between, like, um, like there's different types of psychedelics and there's different kinds of um, like trips. So like with like acid, it's very. I mean, all psychedelics are like pretty serious drugs, you know. Like they're right. they're gonna.
1: Like, Class one. Yeah,
0: they're they're gonna kick you in the ass and kind of like show you something about yourself. And it's it's not something that like you. It's not like having beer at the bar. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> it's a trip, right? It's, it's a, a trip. journey. It's it's something serious. So like I know with like acid, it's like a lot of people who take it generally report that it's a little more docile than like shrooms and that like it's kind of like seeing things happen like you see the world as it like quote unquote is or like you see shit that isn't necessarily there but like wow now I see it or something like that you know but shrooms is a lot more personal and it's more like like there's like I follow like uh Terrence McKenna and I follow like uh Ram Dass and these are all like people who are like back in the 60s It's a super interesting stuff, and they're, like, the first people who, like, pioneered in, like, psychedelics, and they they all, like, pretty much report that, like, Acid is kind of, like, watching the thing happen, but then Shrooms is, like, the thing is, like, talking to you, and it's kind of, like, that the difference between the two is that, like, Shrooms, like, speaks to you, like, that really, like, you feel like there's another presence there talking to you. I don't know if that's something that you've experienced.
1: Um, I would conclude as it intensifies my subjective experience.
0: Okay, yeah, that's a really good way of explaining it. Right?
1: (laughs) I mean... Like that but still, um I was expecting to see some crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's right? I don't think it's just like suddenly there's a man that's standing he doesn't that way, like right? waving <laughs> your hand at you. Yeah. I don't think it, you get that unless you like do like crazy high doses to the point where it's like the swirls are so intense that like it doesn't matter if your eyes are open or closed, like you're gonna right. see some kind of like figure feeling and it's like weird and like when you're listening to the music it like blends in with like your vision and And you the need to know what and, you're doing. Yeah. Can
1: I, like, I like have the control? Yeah. Right?
0: Well that's okay, so that's actually what um what the original I think it was Timothy Leary. Oh I might be so wrong on this. I'm not sure. One of the one of the precursors, is, wow, I'm so bad at remembering this. But I know what like the, they coined the term set and setting and that's just that like when you do psychedelics is really important where you are, like, mentally, and where you are, like, physically, because, like, if you're, like, in prison, right, exactly. and you just, like, got <laughs> indicted or something, then, like, you're gonna have a bad trip, like, right, it's, exactly. it's gonna be terrible, you know, but, like, if you just, uh, I don't know, like, you just won a lottery ticket, and then, like, you're out on the beach, then it's, like, it'll be a good time, you know, All right, Yeah. Absolutely. So I guess it also kind of depended on, like, your headspace, I mean, you just said that you were kind of having a bad day, and it was kind of, like, right. damn, you know, yeah, so yeah. that might have, like, like, I don't want to say that you had this in your trip, but it wouldn't surprise me if you were, like, thinking about that a lot and being like, ah, oh, fuck, what did that happen? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you kind of get stuck in some thought loops. For a few moments, yeah. yeah,
1: That was true. Right? Yeah. Just like I said, I was worried that, what if I just become a drug addict? Right? <laughs>
0: no, no, man, so, you're good, dude. Yeah, yeah, I know. but oh, you're back. <laughs> yeah,
1: but again, for, like, that 15 minutes of time, I was really worried. I yeah. was, like, nervous. I was so... I don't know how to describe it, but...
0: I just think, like, oh, what if the rest of my life is like this state? Exactly. Yeah, just, like that. Fuck. Like, exactly. you're just like, wow. Like that. Life is going to be so hard from that one. I was
1: literally imagining my mother and my parents crying. I was oh, like, dude. Oh, man. True. What's wrong with you? Why are you taking drugs? Like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. I shouldn't be like that. Then after that, it just relaxed. Everything yeah. went well. But that's the after story. Yeah. Wow. How long did the trip last? It lasts for a while. I think I took the show at around 8 a.m. p.m. PM, 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 right, right. Yeah, right, because fireworks. Yeah, and the effect lasts probably until 2.
0: Okay, that's like six hours.
1: Right, it's I mean, not, yeah. it's, it's like, um, how, how do to uh, Yeah,
0: you kind of like peak up and then yeah, kind of like. There's a peak and in just. In, right? yeah. yeah, but
1: I think it lasts a bit longer th- on me than uh-huh. my friends because they're more experienced technically. Yeah. Right, so it's my first time doing drugs and so it just really kicks me hard that's the weird
0: thing about psychedelics is that i don't think it's really i might be wrong but i don't think it's really dependent on like your body weight or like your experience or anything like that i mean like if you do it consistently again and again then like you do build a tolerance to it and that's just because like i'm like i love like researching about like drugs and neuroscience and mm. like, cause I, I took like drugs and behavior. I totally failed the class, by the way. But like, <laughs> but like, I thought it was like so cool how like this binds to this and that's why you do this. And like, we still, like, we don't get it at all, dude. It's like really out there. But, um, but shrooms are typically reported as like either really good or really bad. And they really do change how people like, like, do you feel different afterwards? Like, you feel like a different person almost? Like, it's like, whoa. Like, a lot of people have reported like psychedelic trips to be like one of the if not the top like most transformative experiences of their life
1: in the first 12 hours yeah but then after that i just went back to my daily routine oh <laughs> yeah. you know uh, at a peak i think about taking my mom to a trip to uh, national parks and stuff oh, like that's that that's so sweet man i know right what a sweetie <laughs> and so did i think that went in the next 12 hours then, I was like, uh, okay, this is just a really mundane day, I just do whatever I do, mm-hmm. like, you know. But again, in the 12 hours, I think the effects just last for a while. Yeah. And after that, I'm not addicted, well, which I'm really happy about. Well, yeah, I,
0: I don't, <laughs> dude, I don't think this is something that, like, people get addicted to. It's right. pretty, like, intense. Like, do this, like, maybe, like, once every six months at most. Like, it's it's a yeah, lot, you know? It's like, acceptable, yeah. But yeah I mean it's it's there's there's a lot of like um like there's a few studies that like report like permanent changes in like your personality after like doing psychedelics typically it's like you because you were thinking in such a weird strange way that it kind of like rewires your brain in a bit and you kind of like you, you just think differently like you're just more like open
1: that stuff. I don't know yet yeah we'll, we'll yeah. see man yeah we'll see I And mean, here you are way. on the podcast so yeah. <laughs> 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 that's right yeah but you know what, I probably will never take it again. No? I have to say, I like the experience, uh-huh. I like the trip, but looking back, uh-huh. the way I lose control, yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah, man. And um, it did you, scares me. Did
0: you like fight it at all when it was like, 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 so this like, you kind of like take it in like the first 30 minutes to an hour is like a, like you kind of feel a little nauseous, and then there's like the come up, and then it's like, a, right, you get the peak and you're like, yeah. whoa, <laughs> like, oh, this is the drug, and then it kind of like tinkers off for a little bit. right? But I'm just like curious if like, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought there. No, no, I just, wow, I really lost my train of thought there.
1: You're asking, did I fight it?
0: Yeah, sorry, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I I was thinking too much about the graph. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) me too. But uh, yeah, like, did you fight it at all? Because I know a lot of people say that um, when you you fight it, it kind of like kicks your ass. Like if you were like to relax and kind of just treat it as like, all right, open-minded, what am I going to learn today? What are you going to show me? Like that kind of a, like just let's see where it goes. Like and, and have a very, like it's gonna teach me something, kind of attitude. Then typically it's, I don't know, it doesn't kick your ass.
1: <laughs> I think I definitely felt it at first, mm-hmm. right? When I realized my muscles are losing control. Yeah, that's that's. I was that's that's trying to gain control over it. That's right? gotta be freaky, yeah. It's right? gotta be
0: especially since you don't like smoke weed or exactly. anything else, and it's like.
1: My friends were asking me how I felt, I was like, um, I feel so relaxed right now, yeah. I feel my mind going all over places, and um, I'm trying to take it back, and I feel like, hey, don't fight it.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and I took their advice, okay. which is really great.
0: Yeah, and then when you, when you like, stopped fighting it, did it like...
1: It went pretty smooth. Yeah. Okay. But I can imagine, like, though for those who had a bad trip, right? Yeah. if I just continued fighting the, the effect, I think I would have had a bad trip. Yeah. right but luckily i didn't nice well, yeah it sounds like it
0: was kind of like good and bad you know because it was like i mean obviously this is all like very new right to you and it's also just like
1: mostly good mostly
0: good i'm, I'm glad to hear that yeah. man you're still here with us buddy <laughs>
1: <laughs> you've been pretty fucked up you were bad
0: well i mean yeah. th- that's also the other like caveat is that like some people have a bad trip and they like because the first time they have a trip they have a bad trip they're like i'm never doing this ever again and blah blah so that's why i thought like you like, sounded like you had a bad trip, but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, take some time to process and kind of right. figure out what went on. And, I mean, your brain was obviously, like, not thinking normally. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like a different kind of consciousness.
1: But it's holding your brain, right? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe mm. you're in another dimension. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the aliens were always there. <laughs> like can't the see them. flat, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Oh.
0: Believe that. like, that's just
1: <laughs> I couldn't believe myself, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Being a good uh, a good kid for most of my life, mm-hmm. right? That first time, shroom. Yeah. How crazy is that?
0: Yeah, that's pretty crazy,
1: man. Jumping over weed. Yeah, you're crazy. Just,
0: yeah. <laughs> <A> wild card.
1: <laughs> well, one of the main reasons I decided to take it is mm-hmm. because that I heard it's not addictive. Yeah. That's the most important reason.
0: Well, I mean, right? I I feel like if you have a bad trip, it's definitely not addictive, <laughs> right?
1: I mean, even it's a good. Even if to be great, yeah, right. Yeah. So, I research a lot, and people are sure that it's not gonna be addictive yeah. or anything. It's not. It's, so,
0: it's one of the okay. It's more like, in terms of like physically, I think it's more safe than like, like even, yeah, heroin. Yeah, heroin and or like crack. crack and, I mean, even booze is, can get you know addictive. Oh yeah the difference is that like it's more like psychological you know that the danger is more there
1: it doesn't do a lot to your body
0: yeah i mean you you feel weak for a bit right and you kind of feel like
1: well that's because your brain weak yeah yeah
0: wow all right well good luck processing that oh yeah absolutely
1: <laughs> i'll see how myself changes or not in the next couple of years or months i don't know
0: yeah man i mean they like the the study that i'm thinking about if i'm like, quoting the numbers here, I think it's up to six months or a year after your your personality still is, like, changed, so, I don't know, man, I mean, if you're on, like, good terms with yourself, then, like,
1: woo, yeah, you know, but, you know what, you know Crown Gracie,
0: yeah,
1: Sam Rickerson and Gracie, right, yeah, he once stated that fighters shouldn't be taking drugs, not even weed,
0: okay, yeah. well, I mean, tell that to, like, all the Tenth Planet guys, exactly, like, exactly, <laughs> all <right>? potheads, <laughs>
1: Have you ever seen a video where like or two, two guys in a BJJ Invitational and just smoking weed? Yeah, that's right? uh,
0: Jeff Glover and I don't remember his opponent, sorry dude. Exactly, yeah.
1: <laughs> but that was Crown's uh, response to them. Yeah. Do you think it was too much or not?
0: I mean, I don't know, I mean, it's pretty much like if you could roll with it, then like, okay. And it's not like you're drunk and no one's gonna get like crazy hurt, you know? Like if you're drunk, you probably have like less sensitivity to like, oh shit, I broke his arm already. Versus if you're high, you're kind of just more likely to be like, "Oh yeah, that's right, I'm I'm fighting."
1: (laughs) Actually, I'm not talking about safety issues, but more like respect-wise. Oh, should you take weed on BJJ Mm. mat in a tournament like that? Hmm, I don't know.
0: I mean, there's a lot of people who smoke weed and roll. (laughs) Exactly, that is true. You know,
1: but in a public environment.
0: Well, the thing is, with that tournament, I know they were, like, it, it was literally called High Rollers. Like, it was hosted by, like, a weed company. The whole thing was, like, okay. the whole venue was from, like, a weed company. Okay. And everyone <laughs> there was, like, high. Like, I didn't know every that. competitor. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I know, but I know the video that you're talking about, and it looks like, whoa, what the fuck? Exactly. These guys are just, like, smoking weed at a jiu-jitsu tournament. What's going on?
1: <laughs> Not enraged.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Keeping that contact is kind of understandable, but yeah.
0: yeah, it's a special tournament. But like, I'm pretty sure does IBJJF even test for? I don't think they test. Dude. I don't they,
1: think they test. Yeah,
0: no. Or ADCC. I don't know. I don't think a lot of tournaments test. So, I mean, hey, I, it wouldn't surprise me if some of the guys were just like, sure, why not? I mean, if he can have like steroids pumped into his veins, then like, I'm just gonna smoke weed. And
1: I already <laughs> thought if they do it, yeah,
0: yeah. But hey, man, I mean, all those guys are better than me so like you do you true (laughs) I'm not gonna tell you not to yep
1: (laughs) but yeah just the video itself just kinda
0: yeah it's like really out there yeah exactly like you guys can do this (laughs) I was like
1: holy shit man yeah man you've not given a context pro probably just oh those are bad people not cool
0: yeah 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 but no Jeff Glover's a he's a pro He's, he's the guy who made the donkey guard yeah yeah weird dude
1: That's absolutely weird. Yeah. Yeah, Donkey Guard. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Can't do
0: that. Yeah. Okay. So you were also, like, when I had met you, um, you were, like, the Judo guy, too. Yeah. So then... Still am. Yeah. How's your... How does... Because you did Judo first before Jiu-Jitsu. So how did that translate towards... And, like, we should probably break it down for, like, what Judo means compared to, like, Jiu-Jitsu. Also, just a side tangent. It's just, like, do people ever ask you, like, oh, you do Judo? Can you show me a Judo chop? Like... (laughs) <laughs> you get that a lot? Because I feel like you would get that a lot.
1: <laughs> well, I'll answer that question first. Actually, no. Really? No, yeah.
0: Because that's like the most famous, you know what I mean? Like everyone says, yeah. oh, it's a judo everyone chop. Everyone knows
1: judo chop, yeah. But <laughs> luckily no one has ever asked me that. Which is quite <laughs> fortunate. Or from that perspective, I think people it's not that interested in judo mm-hmm. compared to old days. Because I once saw a graph on Reddit. It just tells you the searching index for judo, BJJ. Aikido and Karate, right? BJJ is absolutely the top.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I yeah, I, for sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: from early two thousand to now, it's absolutely the top. And next is Karate, believe it or not. So BJJ is up there, mm-hmm. and then next Karate. Then there's a huge gap, and there's Judo and Aikido. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of
0: people, because like when I, like I started like a like a Korean style that's like very similar to like Taekwondo,
1: uh-huh.
0: and even then like everyone. Pop keto? no it's uh Horando.
1: Horando. Ok. yeah
0: but like everyone basically was like oh you're doing karate like it, you know what i mean it's just kind of like became the like kind of like what white america calls like all asian martial arts like exactly, oh, that's karate yeah. is either that's karate or that's kung fu like so it doesn't surprise me that they like bunch up all those martial arts and like search karate on, right like, you know?
1: also because karate has been in america for so long so yeah. i guess the most you social yeah. until BJJ comes out oh yeah that's right? and dominated um, everyone else right. <laughs> I love it <laughs> For what I know judo was popular in America during the 70s mm-hmm. and 80s right then you know what happened in the 90s UFC MMA BJJ all that kind of stuff and that's when judo is not starting to gain much popularity
0: yeah so then I know the rules I'm not like 100% sure on the rules of judo but I know like you you guys can't do like single legs or like not do anymore that. Used to, be able, used to, do to that. be able
1: to do that Well, two thousand third. Wait, let me see Yeah, 2013 They banned the leg grabbing
0: so, That's so recent Exactly wait, but, but fucking why?
1: Because <laughs> they thought it looks too much like wrestling What's wrong with that? <laughs> uh, that's a good question So now we have to talk about Judah as a whole, right? Yeah You know, we really rely on geese Yeah The uniforms mm-hmm. And... A lot of Japanese players just love, well, we all do, but Japanese players rely mainly on geese, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of the control and grip. But for people who have a strong wrestling background, such as from Mongolia, Russia, or just pretty much all the East European countries, they can just wrestle. Yeah. Right? Imagine you send out there, you try to grab their geese and just give a double leg, and boom, Yippon. Do
0: right. you know
1: what Yippon means, by the way?
0: I know it means like point, right? But like, or like.
1: Ipon is like the greatest point you can get. So.
0: Alright, break this down. Like, right, really break, this break down. it down. Okay. Like, I don't know anything.
1: <laughs> so, in Judo now, they have waza Wazali, and they used to be Yuko. So, for Yuko, is that. Wait, let me go back. So, there are three scoring elements in Judo. Okay. First, how much of every back's landing on the mat, right? Second, speed. And third is control.
0: Is it like ranked in that order?
1: Not really. Okay, so three it's like elements, overall. Okay. Right. If you shoot all three elements, that's a big Ipon. Two of those, or as of nowadays, if you shoot one of those, right, say you throw someone on their back, but not on the back, on the side, or on their elbow, or on their legs, or whatever, mm-hmm. that's a Wazali, that's half a point. But when you score an Ipon, that means you want to match.
0: Oh, it's automatic win? Right. Oh wow.
1: So that's really, I think it's really um, a pro fact about judo tournaments that you don't get one chance.
0: Yeah. You I make didn't one mistake, you're down. That's very like high stakes.
1: Exactly. So, like in wrestling, right, you have scores. So, so, it's in BJJ, uh-huh. right, aside from the, the submission only tournaments, right? You yeah. uh, have the scores. And in judo, you have scores too. But when they land a big throw, that's
0: it. So then that's okay. So big one is ippon. Ippon. And then what's the
1: the second one? Wazari. Wazari. That means half point. Okay. And then what was the last one you said? Last one is yuko. It means uh, effective, but it's banned nowadays. Wait, what do you mean by banned? Like. Because the the IJF, the federation, thinks it's too compl- complicated for to score that. Is it not to score, but for people who don't know judo to view judo, right? Okay. Imagine you're. Just, watch a judo tournament and, and they have a scoreboard they have waza wazali yuko and every time people do something you give different points and it's kind of hard to understand yeah so right now they make the rule to two wazali ippon.
0: okay so it's either you get two half points or one point to win the match. yeah
1: pretty straightforward yeah
0: okay and then how do you like because like there are some like judo practitioners where they like know how to do an arm bar and like you know what i mean like we there's do some, a lot like... of
1: the... Yeah, um, but then like,
0: if you have your opponent on the ground, wouldn't it be over already? Like, why do you need to do the armbar?
1: Right. Do... Imagine you go for a really shitty throw, mm-hmm. so you just drop your knees on the ground. Okay. Right. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Right, and that's where ground game happens.
0: Oh, so you just go for an armbar, and if you get it, you just win. Or.
1: Right. You can. You can say that. Okay. Right. So. People usually transit from. Um, standing to ground mm-hmm. when they have a really bad throw or just a throw that doesn't work that well then that's where a ground game happens and pe- referee will usually give you thirty seconds
0: oh go. so there's like a scramble period where he's like yeah just do the it really
1: depends on how <coughs> how much they're engaging right mm-hmm. if both athletes are not really interested in groundwork they just call stop immediately but if one side is really being aggressive and trying to gain control mm-hmm. the referee will let it happen okay. But you can get a, get a good idea, right? It's really fast forward. Yeah. Um, not fast forward, fast paced. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, for sure. You have a lot of time to just grinding on the ground, doing all of stuff. Just from standing, bound, groundwork, bound, uh, either submission or a pin. That's yeah. it.
0: So then, if you, like, when, when would you have to distinguish when, like, you have to pin somebody to, like, win the match versus, like, I, I throw them on the ground? Like, do people ever just get up, and like, nope, you didn't have me? And it was, like, kind of unclear. And
1: Oh, um, wait, what do you mean?
0: Like, if you throw someone on the ground, like right. shouldn't it be over already? Be like, when would you need to, like, pin somebody? Oh. Or is that, like, after the scramble?
1: The throw is not usually perfect. Remember that. Right, okay. Sometimes they land on their side, or even land on their face, mm-hmm. right? So, <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> Sometimes happens. Sometimes they land on their face. Because <laughs> they don't want to be thrown on the back. Uh-huh. So they twist their body, land on their face, and then that's the turtle. Right? Can you imagine that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Turtle position. That's yeah. When it's like you're, uh, you're
0: curled up in a ball and your like back is up towards the sky. Right, that's yeah.
1: when an attacker engages. Okay. Yeah. Okay, wow.
0: But pretty much, it's kind of like similar to wrestling where it's like if your like back is on the ground and you're like, nope, that's it. If or, you get thrown like that. Okay. What if you're like in a scramble and your back touches the ground like that? Like, scramble? Um... Because it's like a shitty throw, but then you guys kind of roll over each other. That's and... gonna be a
1: wazadi. Right? Okay. If an attacker uh, initiates a throw and causes his opponent to line on the back, whether fully on their back or halfway, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be a score, pretty much.
0: Okay. And then, like, if they, like, chase that person and then pin them down, then it's, like... Keep going, yeah. Okay. Huh. Wow. So then, okay. So I can't imagine, like, when you're, like, doing jiu-jitsu and you're on your back, that's got to be, like, completely different from judo. It's, like, exactly. What the fuck is going no, on? <laughs> every,
1: time, every time I go to jiu-jitsu, I like to be in turtle. And you know that's the worst position to be ever being in
0: Jujutsu, <laughs> right? It's, it's not that, okay, it's, it's the bad, worst, but like, right. yeah. People,
1: people turn their back. But every time I got in Jujutsu, I just go into turtle. And whenever I'm being pinned, I'm really worried. Because in Judo, when you're being pinned, you're about to lose, pretty much. Yeah. But in Jujutsu, you can still just keep going, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, so you kind of have that reflex of like, oh shit, oh shit, I need to get out. Exactly. Right. Yeah, you don't really which like is, sit there and let it cook.
1: <laughs> yeah, which you can do in Jujutsu. Yeah, exactly. Right? You don't have to worry about it. You can just sit in there and you know, waiting for opponent to to move. Then you can move. But in Judo, if you dependent, you want to get out of there immediately. Mm-hmm. That's the difference there.
0: Yeah, wow. And How do you feel about the pacing between the two? Like, I mean, Judo sounds very fast. It's just like, oh, it's definitely boosh!
1: faster, definitely faster. But
0: then like when you're like when you're rolling like jiu-jitsu like do you ever feel like oh my god I just want this to be over like why is this still going on well
1: to be honest me personally doesn't don't really like groundworks because mm-hmm. you know I started judo first and yep. I think throw is the way to win right it yeah. was like fuck groundworks I don't like that but since my groundwork sucks so every time I lost in tournament 80% of the time it's probably due to groundworks okay. and that's why I decided to engage in jujitsu to improve a little bit
0: but do you think some of like the habits in jujitsu like like pulling guard or like you know what I mean like turning over and being on your back is going to have like a negative effect on your judo? Not really. No. I mean like
1: or- I think it's mainly judo influencing jujitsu on me, right? Yeah. Not vice versa. Okay. But I do know jujitsu players who come to train judo, right? Cross training, and they yeah. have the jujitsu habit in judo.
0: Oh, it's like they're they're comfortable on their back, and you're yeah, like you're they pull gear.
1: guard, they pull guard, literally. Oh god, <laughs> Wait, who's is that playing? legal?
0: Can you do that? In you Juneau? can do that. You can do that. But like, don't you just lose or?
1: Not really, because you're not being thrown, right? You you pull the guard. Uh huh. It's not like your opponent throws you to the back, then you pull guard. But if
0: you pull guard and like and your back hits the ground, would that be like? What do you no, do? that'd
1: be fine, because your opponent didn't initiate the attack, right?
0: So then it's just groundwork. Exactly. Wait, so did you, just the guys come into judo and just like? just pull guard and they like, win that way?
1: But that's why we have um, penalties. Right, you can't always do that. Oh, you can't just Drop, pull guard yeah, for obvious reasons. It's judo, right? Yeah. You can just win there, just pull guard. That's not cool. we yeah. give penalties. And but there's one player, I can't remember his name. Um, he fought in the UFC many years ago. BJ Penn.
0: Yeah. Also, sorry, it's also probably important because I've had people tell me that when we talk about martial arts, like it's like a certain jargon that like normal people don't get so pulling guard pretty much means you like jump up and wrap your legs around them while facing them and then it forces the person to collapse down where you would have your back on the ground and your legs are wrapped around their waist controlling them which is like a no-no in judo because like your back's on the ground well not necessarily you you can but it's not recommended yeah
1: all right but again pj pin
0: well he just did that
1: he did that he, you know, he, he did got his blackmail for two years.
0: Yeah, that's right? crazy, dude. <laughs> and
1: whenever he went to a judo tournament, there's a video on YouTube. He went to a judo tournament, and he pulled guard, and he submitted them.
0: Okay, so it works. It can work. It's just... You
1: feel really good, yeah.
0: But it's like, uh... When did they start penalizing you for pulling guard? If, like, nothing happens? have
1: so many attempts, it's pretty lame. Right? Maybe that's what you think, man. <laughs> <laughs> but again, because... I think BJ Penn went to a local level Judo tournament, which yeah. is why it works. When you're fighting against high-level yeah. players, it doesn't really show what's that way.
0: Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. So then do you think it's you have more success going from Judo to Jiu-Jitsu, or like Jiu-Jitsu to jiu Like, which way do you see... Like, do Judo players typically have more success converting to Jiu-Jitsu, or Jiu-Jitsu has more success transitioning to Judo?
1: For I've seen a of lot sense. of the performance, but not a lot from jiu-jitsu to judo, to be honest.
0: Yeah.
1: And to be honest, I really couldn't answer the questions since I'm not that good. One example I know is Travis Stevens. Travis mm-hmm. Stevens. Um he's um I think he's a silver medalist in real Olympic games. Yeah. And also happens to be a brown belt. Actually he's a black belt now in Jiu Yeah. So he started Judo first, then I can't remember when, he started training jujitsu too. When And he has accomplished in both grounds. Yeah. But here's the thing, when people are asking him, Hey, Travis, how do you win all the Judo matches by ground game? Is that because of Jiu-Jitsu? Is that not? He said Judo is Judo, jiu jiu-jitsu, Jiu-Jitsu, which I couldn't fully agree with since there are so many similarities. Yeah. But I kind of get his idea that when you do Judo, you think of Judo. When you do jujitsu, you think in the root set of jujitsu.
0: Yeah, it's more of like... Right. Uh, it sounds like he's saying it's more about the mindset right. that he has, and it's not necessarily techniques that he's taking from one discipline and applying it to the other.
1: But, again, does the technique translate? Absolutely, right? Yeah. We'll have gis. It's all about, you know, have a similar pen, similar controls, similar submissions. So that the techniques absolutely translate, but you have to think of a in a different mind yeah. where you're applying them.
0: Okay, well, that, that's interesting because, like, like with gi it's like a lot more also totally need to break this down gi, for people. Gi yeah. is just the... Kimono. The, yeah.
1: the uniform, we can say that. Yeah,
0: like if you... I mean, I guess if you have like... basic under, like, Pajama? Yeah, like the karate pajamas. Yeah, like the p-
1: pajamas. But thicker, way thicker. And yeah. style, too.
0: Yeah, it has to be thicker. I know for like... Like Taekwondo is a lot more thin. And that's just because it's like lightweight. Yeah, and it's more literally readable. nothing. But like with Judo, it's, you need something to grip. Otherwise, you're just going to rip the clothes off oh, your opponent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's really damn thick. Um, but what I was trying to ask was the... Like you're doing yogi no right now for jujitsu, ju- uh, yeah. So like, isn't that transition even rougher because you have like nothing to grab?
1: Standing wise, I think mm, it's pretty much okay. Okay. Right. Since uh, again, standing wise, right, all the things I learned in judo, how to control balance, how to control opponent, and everything like that, all that translate even if I don't have a gi. Yeah. But on ground, it's very different. It's so slippery, literally. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Literally.
0: Yeah, I've, like, I can even tell, like, most of the people I roll with are, like, in t-shirts, at least, and some people have, like, the long rash guards, which mm-hmm. is, like, all the way, where it's, um, it's, like, a surfer, kind of, like, a yeah, spandex, I know, I know. like, compression kind of thing, but, um, but, like, if you've ever rolled with someone who's, like, shirtless, it's, like, so hard to, like, grip them, Yeah, he's like, just, like, I'm, like, gotcha, and then they're, like, and I'm, like, oh, just kidding, now he has my back,
1: cool. It's not pleasant.
0: Yeah. Also, this is a lot of sweat, and yeah, exactly. Like, I That's need to take problem. a shower, because right. I'm going to get staff. Like,
1: <laughs> and But just talk about the game-wise, you can get ideas for it, right? For in Judo and in Gi Jiu-Jitsu, right? Right. you have a Gi, and you're on the ground, and you have something to grab with, right? Mm-hmm. There's a leverage. But in no Gi, nothing. Just two bodies colliding, yeah. right? And again, slippery is another issue, right? You couldn't get fully controlled, there's not a lot of friction, and oh that.
0: Do you do you feel like um like there's a certain kind of like train, I mean, your grip definitely has to be better, right? From like grabbing on the gi and stuff like over and over. Like I see a lot of like uh, there's like a lot of like jujitsu memes where like people play the like fingers. spider guard, yeah, and yeah. their fingers are all like totally jacked up, yeah. Like do you get that kind of like uh I don't know if it's called like an injury or or like that kind of like consequence from judo?
1: Sometimes my fingers definitely don't feel that comfortable all the time. Okay. That is absolutely true, but since I'm not a full time player, mm-hmm. so I think I'm pretty okay, right? You can look at my fingers; see, they still look pretty normal. Yeah. Right. But again, for full time players.
0: Yeah, I've seen some like horrors. imagine it looks like you just smash exactly. It with a <laughs> they just
1: take a beating every single day, for um, hours.
0: Have you ever used the tape?
1: Yeah, I use tapes.
0: How does that uh? How does that feel? Like, what is do you do? Like, I don't even know. I I know tapes help support it in the same way that like medical tape, that, like. Would support your knee right. but i mean are you doing like every finger individually and
1: i don't do that it's again personally i don't do that and you're really varied on players right mm-hmm. when you look at the top level players the tournaments some players just wrap their hands just literally like, white whole white just tape all four and ta-
0: fingers together
1: not like that individually okay yeah or you can do this uh what is it called In- middle finger and oh you kind of got like a finger yeah right since these two literally work together
0: yeah. Right? Oh wow. Okay.
1: You See that?
0: Yeah, like Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, that's Spider Man.
1: Right. But again, it depends on players. Some players like fully support their fingers, some players just like go like this without anything.
0: And does the do you think the tape like does it add friction at all and help you grip better?
1: Actually I think a little bit. A little bit? Like sometimes I like to tape my tip my finger.
0: Is that legal or that
1: is illegal. That is uh absolutely okay.
0: Oh, okay. okay. Okay,
1: that's okay, yeah. Because imagine that when you are grabbing gi, and it's also your fingertips to make the first contact. Right. Right? And when you tape it, it doesn't feel a bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not as um, painful, I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. We I didn't know that go. you could... I thought it was only
0: just like around mm-hmm. the knuckles, where... It's, you can do the tape, To yeah. support the... Do people ever tape like their wrists and stuff? I mean, I, that's That too, like, that too. Like, because you're going to get like jacked up and... Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, huh. That happens. But again, it's not like everybody does it, or, you know, it just depends yeah. on personal injuries and everything like that, so.
0: I know, I wouldn't suspect you of doing this, but I'm just like, here's like, like, is there any, like, cheating where people put, like, really sticky stuff on their hands to, like, grip better or something? Ah, uh, no. No? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good thought, but no.
0: No? Oh, man. Because I know, like, um in, in old boxing matches, they used to, like, hide, like, lead, because it was, like, a, a malleable kind of, like, it could you can kind of bend it a little bit, like it's a metal, but, like, it'll still, like, hit, like, a brick. And they'll just hide that underneath their gloves and stuff. And then, like, there'll be guys that just come out and just, okay, oh, yeah, right? Like, so <laughs> illegal. Yeah. So I was, like, just wondering, like, the hand wraps made me think of that. How it's, like, oh, do people ever kind of do we that? We don't do that. Stuff? Yeah.
1: Judo players are pretty much um, moral people. <laughs> yeah, moral. Ethical people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's hope. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but in general, we... Judo, play, Judo community is pretty friendly, I think. From what I've seen in the years, I think. It's, all right, again, no respect to PJJ, but I yeah. think the community as a whole is probably friendlier, better
0: than Jujitsu. Than Jujitsu. Jujitsu is getting a little, uh, a little shit talky.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's you see a lot of <laughs> shit talking going on yeah. every single day.
0: I think it's it's just the MMA that's just been spilling over. I think. Right. You I, know mean, what I mean,
1: that's the quality. That's the sport itself, right? It's yeah. a Combat sport, So that's why you get a lot of shit talking. But in judo, I think pff, we grow as a whole, yeah ah, oh, so in ju- ju- jujitsu Jitsu, right, but yeah, yeah. again, like I said, there's too many shit-talkings going on,
0: yeah, do you ever worry that like like you know how like karate used to be super respected back when it was like first introduced to the u s and it, now it's kind of gotten a little more watered down, and yeah. McDojos kinda, yeah, a lot of Mcdojo's for yeah, for people who don't dabble in like the martial arts world, the Mcdojo is like pretty much you pay, you get the belt, and you don't actually know how to do anything
1: so yeah
0: like is there any like kind of watering down in judo at all do you see that or
1: well for judo i think it's the opposite Huh? because it is harder to progress in judo okay
0: yeah i mean yeah you have to lift the person you have right. to throw them right there's no way that you, you can can't tell,
1: really like, be a fake teacher there's not really like a kata that you can <laughs> exactly well we do you have kata but that's for really advanced people right oh, so wow. for my first two or three months into judo i did nothing but kimi and wukimi, by the way, is the way you protect yourself when you're falling.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They they teach you how to fall. Other so kind teach... of English,
1: mm. um, mm. you know what I'm talking about, right? Once, I, I know what you're yeah, talking about. I've had like on the ground when falling. Yeah, right?
0: it's um. I mean, like, can you like break like describe it for people who don't know what how to fall, I guess. <laughs> that's, that's I'll try kinda this kind
1: of hard because it's such a physical movement. Yeah, but basically the idea is that when you're falling to the ground, you want to slap the ground with your hand.
0: Yeah, you kind of want to like roll as much as you can and right. not really like stiff arm because like if your arm is stiff, yeah. while you're bends. clashing with the, yeah. you're, you're going to like snap your arm. or Exactly. Something. So you kind of want to like roll out and while you're rolling out, you, you slap the ground to like dissipate the kind and of... And there
1: are many kinds of leukemi uh, or protections. Right, but the general idea is that you slap the ground, so your body is reacting to the impact. Uh-huh. So you know it's coming? Yeah. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. I never studied the scientific facts of kumi, but in general, I think that's how it works.
0: Cause okay, so when I first started jujitsu, like I had no like background in grappling at all, but like the like the Korean style that I like I've been doing, mm-hmm. they have like some drills that are kind of like jujitsu, like kind of like uchimata, like here and there. Mm-hmm. But like the throws and stuff was like okay, so I know like. Like if you fall backwards, it's like your legs go up and slap yeah, me, double hand slap I know like the sideways one, is like you go on one side of right. the shoulder. So like, that was like already drilled into me and I'm like grateful for that. Because like when I started rolling with people from like jujitsu, I could tell like some people were like stiff army. I'm like, uh, that can't be right. Those things save lives. Yeah. And then like, so I, I know how to fall, even though it sucks. Like when someone really whips you and you're just like, yeah. you know, like it sucks. But at least I'm not like destroying all my joints and stuff. And, it
1: hurts more if you don't do that.
0: How do you? How are you taught to fall forward? Because the way that I was taught was literally just like this and just forward. Yeah. Do you ever fall forward at all? Like or just no? Face down. Yeah. We do that too. So so what? would How do you brace that?
1: You want you, you want your entire forearm.
0: Yeah. Like that's what I said. Right? It's, it's kind of like like you just have like both your forearms up and then we just train this.
1: That's a special one actually. That's you know, a com- special one. Compared to others, right? Since you're facing down. Well,
0: those are like the only four that I know. It's like going backwards like this, where both feet are up and my hands slap to the side, and then the one that's like sideways is kind of kind of like on your shoulder and then you slap with one hand on the left hand or the right hand and then the forward one the only one I know is this like I, I don't right. what's the, like the beginner way to like fall forward I don't even know what that is
1: um well you want to keep your back straight first yeah right and you want to use all your forearms to take the impact and your wrist too not, not wrist sorry your palm yeah right that's, yeah. The one, that's the way you absorb most of the impact and then you want to look sideways yeah
0: so it's not okay that's what I was wondering about because I was taught to like look sideways and I never totally understood like why why that's a thing.
1: To be honest, me either. But imagine just going down face down like that. It's not yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I guess that's
0: kind of like if you get like scraped or something, it's exactly. better it as the better, side of
1: your face. Yeah, exactly. But to be honest, I don't know why they do that.
0: Okay. I mean, like it's not very often that you're kind of thrown face forward is it? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure with enough repetitions, like you'll you'll eventually have a scenario where you actually use. It will thing. happen. Yeah. I know like if I fall downstairs I'd like have the instincts of like woo nice, cool. Right. <laughs> like it's like really helpful.
1: See, it protects your life, yeah. Alright, I think actually I think one of the most important thing I learned in judo from judo is Ukimi. I right? didn't know what that is. Just the the rolling, the protection. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Sorry. Ukemi, that's a good And um well, the reason why I think it's the most important is because it actually literally saves your life. Yeah. I've had friends overseas who does judo, they say that when they fall from bike or bicycle or whatever you know yeah you just do automatically roll just roll out of it yeah and if you don't do that yeah it's, it's, it's going to be one point point of contact. Yeah. yeah
0: um but yeah we were we were talking about this because that's what you were first taught but then like you said advanced judo you would actually do like katas and stuff right so like what what is i have no idea what that looks like i thought it was all just like drills we and do like, you
1: do kata and it's Literally, it's kind of philosophical, uh-huh. right? Because in judo, every move is broken down into three components. You have the kuzushi, which means breaking the balance, and then tsukuri, means turning into the position, and kake, means finishing the throw. Right, so you can imagine every judo throw being broken down into three parts, and in kata, you're just emphasizing the three components.
0: Okay.
1: Or of course, there are a lot of rules applied to it, but I think the principle is to like, study the core of judo. Yeah. Which is not as practical if you're looking at it from a athletic or yeah, self defense yeah. perspective, since it's so slow and everything like that. But just if you're a really experienced judo player, you will definitely benefit from that. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like
0: it really refines like the Exactly. It's re- the principle. Yeah, refine
1: it. principle. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wow. And then are there any like strikes? Because I know in Japanese jiu jitsu, there there's technically. Like, that's one of the main differences between brazilian jiu-jitsu and japanese jiu-jitsu is that like japanese jiu-jitsu at, at least this is what i've like read on the internet guys like i haven't gone to japan and like none of this yeah but that like it's more like strike oriented and it's not so much like live rolling and like submission yeah. like they they do the submissions but it's not that much emphasis on the ga- uh, the ground game as much as it is uh like the transition to the ground game mm-hmm. if that makes sense so I, I don't know what judo there are
1: striking judo but again in kata
0: so you never, like, that's not, like, tournament legal? No, man. So it's is there kinda... still actually such thing as, like, a judo chop? Like, can you... <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, if you're asking that, yeah, I guess.
0: Oh, that's... the key do it in tournaments? No, no, absolutely <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> Again, it's in Kata. Yeah. All right. You see, when I went to Japan, um, they were holding a veteran tournament. Um, veteran, veteran that means, like, old people, mm-hmm. technically. And, well, not really old people, but people above the age of 30s. All right, so... I watched a tournament and there are a bunch of eighty year old people just practicing the kata where it involves strikings. But again, it's yeah. kata.
0: Yeah. So then like is that um I mean is that still like scored or something or what do
1: you mean scored, no. Like like
0: do you ever do like kata's in like tournaments or not really? You
1: can not do kata in tournaments. Well, that's literally a kata tournaments. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. devoted specifically to kata. Okay. Right?
0: Huh. Okay, but is is it like judo sanctioned or they just kind of tell them like go compete in other people's kata tournaments
1: no it's it's pretty sectioned right you have have the regular tournament mm-hmm. and they'll have the entire big tournament that devoted strictly to kata okay wow all right damn dude i didn't know all this existed <laughs> judo i mean to be honest i think judo has a lot more history than jujitsu yeah right this is not being subjective right it's not like in since yeah, like judo, historically, right? it's historically yes, more stuff. Yeah, right. And Jiu-Jitsu, I think, is more sport oriented. Mm-hmm. Well, so is judo, but judo has a deeper background to it. A lot of cultural stuff, you know, philosophical, if you would say it.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's like cool stuff. Like right, <laughs> that's. I mean, like, um, I feel like that's also what like one of the main arguments from like traditional martial artists have for like the newer. Like jujitsu, MMA style, or like kickboxing—is that like there isn't like the scaffolding for like a philosophical moral code, or like there's no like emphasis on like honor or whatever? I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that like jujitsu doesn't have honor, like yeah. it definitely does, but like it's not taught like concurrently with the system, you know? Right. What
1: I mean? You kind of learn that while you're rolling with the people. Yeah, because right? you get your ass. It's more like a sports just, like, code, right? that yeah. exists in every single sport, but judo really has a defined system. Yeah. Of um, discipline. Right, yeah. it has a uh, written books and it has historical documents, everything like that.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: But again, no disrespect to Jujitsu, it's a great sport. Yeah. But just fact wise, yeah.
0: Yeah, judo's judo's yeah. your thing.
1: <laughs> Dude, it's invented in eighteen eighty two. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Right.
0: Hey man, technically, kung fu was invented at like
1: oh yeah, years. I'm the wrestling is invented in Greco-Roman period. Yeah.
0: Hey man, still being used today.
1: That's so strange
0: to me that they in twenty thirteen they just. Decided. I mean, it makes sense because like people were just like right. not doing judo and they were just like I'm just gonna double leg like, and blast this dude. Like <laughs>
1: a lot of people do that.
0: Oh, is it still like taught at all in judo?
1: I haven't learned a single thing about leg like, grabbing. Oh yike! Yeah. That's not good.
0: So then, when you roll against like like in jujitsu, like if you roll against like a wrestler who like shoots for a double or single, do you kind of just like what the fuck is going on? I have
1: the instinct. Since I you know I does I do so many standing things. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes like oh shit, what is that? How do, how should I defend it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But luckily, since you know we do train how to how do you call that? Um, so like when you go down when people try to go for double leg. What do you mean? Oh. Like just jumping down to defend that. Sproul? Oh sprawl. Yeah. Yeah. Sprawl. Right. Luckily we do that. So, oh yeah yeah. Okay. Right. But huh. aside from that, I think it's definitely quite a pity that we don't teach like rub anymore. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Damn. Alright, another topic that I really wanted to get to. Okay. I know we, we, that was like a lot of Judo, which like I'm glad because like I learned so much. Yeah. But yeah, that's right. Drink some water, take a break. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> Next six hours. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're like super into beer. Oh uh, yeah, I, I,
1: absolutely! And I know. I want to talk about it,
0: dude. I, I gave you like so much shit the first time when you like brought out that chalice, and I was just like, "What is this guy doing? Like, just yeah. drink the beer." You drink know chalice. what I mean? I was still just such a like. I was a plebe, man. Like, you <laughs> gotta show me your like royal ways.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's quite an interesting topic. You refer to the royal ways. Yeah. A lot of people nowadays see um, crap beer as sort of elitism practice. What do you mean by that? So, there's a website called Rate Beer. Mm-hmm. And you can find pretty much all the beer in the world on that website. And if you look at the industrial beer, like uh, name some, just really mundane beer we see every day. Corona, Budweiser. Yeah, exactly. Budweiser. Do you like those? I mean, they're all right, yeah. Yeah, right, they're all right. You know what what their score on that website? The shittiest of the shittiest.
0: Okay, that doesn't surprise me though. You know what I mean? Because it's so. Like...
1: And that's what I'm talking about, elitism. Okay. You can't get an idea, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since those people drink crap beer every single day and they think crap beer is the oh it's the it's the standard yeah. it's the standard so whenever I drink Corona Budweiser and Bud Light, well to be honest I think Bud Light's pretty shit regardless yeah, see that's the other thing it's like
0: <laughs> I've had friends who work at like um like in like craft beer bars and stuff like that they have like a great selection and they like give people weird eyes when they come in and like hmm wow you have a hundred beers on tap I have a Bud Light for you and it's just <laughs> like uh, what? it's like, oh, yeah, it's so good. It's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's just the that's just taste <laughs> that, like, what people like, you know what I mean?
1: That's true. I won't judge. But, again, when you see those beers have such a low score, yeah, even in uh, Japanese uh, beers like Killing or Asahi, mm-hmm. such a low score with really? that website. You know there's kind of realism going on. Yeah. Well, that doesn't stop you from enjoying those beers, right? Right. But... <laughs> I think the scope's kind of limited on that website.
0: I mean, again, it's just, like, who's rating it? Is it, like, a general consensus you vote, or is it a...
1: For that website, I think it's everybody. Okay. People like you and me, right? Of course, there are associates in the devoted craft beer right, and beer right, making, right. but for those kind of website, it's just uh, everyday users, hmm. everyday drinkers.
0: So then, like, what, what would be some examples of maybe some beers that, like, uh, like, not every college kid knows, you know what I mean? Like, they only know like six brands because it's just cheap <laughs> and you can buy like a 30 rack like you know like like when you were breaking out the bottles of like the, the what is the German one the Weinsteffener Weinsteffener yeah that yeah. one like it's that it's own bottle has nice cork it's like sealed yep. with like the, the metal wiring and stuff and I was like wow that's like legit as hell
1: <laughs> which you can you can kind of sort of realize why college kids don't like that. Mm-hmm. You go to a party, you won't just pick up a one-hand or something, and just, ah, oh, this is so good, I'm yeah. enjoying it. But more like, you know, Yo, let's get a Budweiser, right? That's, yeah. That kind of autumn spirit. But when you actually get into craft beer, you'll find this, oh shit, this thing is amazing. Yeah. Right. It tastes so different. And again, one a German brand, has been there for, I think it's one of the earliest craft beer companies, or not company. Um, definitely one of the earliest craft beer that existed. That way, again, uh, take that back. Not earliest craft beer, but the earliest factory,
0: uh-huh.
1: right, in Germany. I think they are they were made in 1512 or something like that. Okay, that's a long time. Yeah, 1512. Okay, that's a long, long time, time. Long last time. <sighs> and that is actually a really good beer for beginners.
0: Mm-hmm. To yeah, drink. no, I loved it. Like, when you were right? like sharing that and you were, like, pouring it out into... It. What is the... the cup called like is it a chalice or like what what is like i know it's not like a normal like there's different kinds of like beer glasses and stuff
1: um well beer glasses that's a big topic first you don't really need a fantastic beer glass enjoy your beer uh-huh. but it definitely helps
0: yeah because like it just tasted completely different you actually think so i think so when okay. you were like showing me like oh taste the one that's like had like been like oxygenated or whatever right and then here's the one that's like still in the bottle i was like Oh yeah, there's a
1: difference. Technically speaking, this is all science, or physics, <laughs> or chemistry. Um, all right, so glass-wise, let's talk about the most basic glass, such as the um, a pint. Yeah. In a pint, yeah. Like the glass you see in most breweries or yeah, beer, yeah, yeah. Right. Those are most standard American-made glasses. Nothing special to it. <laughs> just yeah, it's drink, just a normal right? glass. Yeah. Then you have um, tulip.
0: Okay. Yeah, shaped like a flower, right? Like the right,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. Cause you see how it has a wider bottom uh-huh. and a narrower top. Yeah. So when you're drinking it, you you have to smell it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like the same with wine. Like if you smell it, it kind of like yeah, exactly. sets your palate. And... It's
1: similar, right? Actually, a lot of these are applied in wineries, but people don't know that you can do the same in beer. Wait, wait what do you mean by that? What? Like the cups. Yeah. Like, people use different cups, like the tall cups for champagne. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, that yeah. That kind of thing. But you can do the same thing in beer. It's a similar coat.
0: Yeah, honestly, like, people really just, like, drink it from the bottle or... I mean, again, these are probably going to be, like, Bud Lights and stuff right. like that. Not really pouring it out into, like, a different shaped glass.
1: Like, again, it's so all physics. If, th- if you think about it, it's all physics, mm-hmm. right? Because when the cup has a narrow end, so it just narrows down the smell, the aroma... Mm-hmm. so that's why when you drink it, the the smell's stronger. Right. When you have a wider top, uh, not top, hey, a yeah. wider opening, right?
0: Like the lip, yeah.
1: The smell just psh, goes out. It's not as strong, but when you drink it, it's definitely smoother because, you know, it's such a big cup. Yeah. And, right, like I said, all physics, if you think about it. It can be sub- subjective, but...
0: Do you know if like the the temperature affects the beer at all like, Oh yeah, Oh yeah! absolutely Because I know for like wine, it's like, like red is technically supposed to be like a little bit cool it's not supposed to be cold cold and like the glass is designed so when you hold it the heat from your hand you know, kind of warms up the wine and makes it like the optimal whatever it is I don't yeah. know what that actually Would feels. you
1: mind me using Celsius since I really don't know much about Fahrenheit? Uh, dude,
0: go for it, I don't all right, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm gonna be lost like, It's all gonna right, sound so minuscule to me For
1: those who don't know about Celsius Zero is a freezing point <laughs> Yeah And right now that's idea, Okay, so for a Budweiser, mm-hmm. or that's what called Pilsner, mm-hmm. lager beer. For beer like that, it doesn't have a lot of aroma to it, okay. but it emphasizes the the body when you drink it. Yeah. how smooth it feels. Yeah. For beer like that, you want to have around probably one to four Celsius degrees. Okay. So really cold, really cold. When drinking on a hot summer day, damn, you feel awesome. Yeah. That's the, that's <laughs> why I drink those beers. But for beer that involves more aroma and more body, such as, I'll say IPA, or if you get stout, porter, that kind of beer, you, in general, you want to drink them at a higher temperature. Okay. Probably at like 6 or 8 degrees. Yeah, dude, I love stouts
0: and porters. Like, I love them. They're but just do you so... know
1: why you want to drink them at a higher temperature, though? No, no idea. Again, it's science. Cause when it's at high science. T- <laughs> science. Yes, yeah, science. When it's yeah. at a higher temperature, the smell just start running out.
0: Yeah, it evaporates faster. It evaporates faster. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So that's why the smell should comes stronger and you feel better. Yeah. Pretty simple if you think about it. It's really not that complicated.
0: But then like how do you know like a uh, like a noob like me, how would I know what to like match what kind of uh what kind of beer with what kind of like glass, you know? Or is it just like pretty much up to preference? Like I just
1: well, to be honest, if you're asking me this question, I'll just tell you that just use whatever cup you want. Mm-hmm. But if you really want to emphasize on the experience, right, for beer that has a strong aroma, such as IPA or stout or porter or even barley one, you want to use a tulip. Okay. Or sniffer. Yeah. Like sniffer, literally from its name, you want to sniff it. Yeah. Right? And for beer like Wackenstein or um, Pilsner, Weather such as that, you want to use a tall cup. Okay. And this is what I thought should be really interesting because imagine you have a really tall cup, yeah, and when you're drinking it, how are you gonna drink it? Just like uh, a tall cup, like thirty centimeters like that. How uh-huh. are you gonna drink it? You have to go up like that.
0: Yeah. Right? Oh. You
1: have to tilt a cup really high and that's when the liquid just runs straight through your um uh, throat. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Yeah. It's kind of hard to describe since my English is so bad. But <laughs> That's great, man. Again, just straight out physics. Yeah. When you just tilt uh, your head up high and just, the beard just went going straight through your stomach.
0: Yeah, Feel feels smoother. It
1: feels smoother. Yeah. I'm so cool. not smelling
0: it as much. Exactly. Like, it's not...
1: But when you have a sniffer or a tulip,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's kind of hard to do that. You have to just tilt down ah, and if
0: smell it. Maybe you're a little bitch. Just chuck that thing down. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can't do that. That's not true, but again, Right, you can can't imagine that, have a tulip, you have to really just tilt down and smell it. Yeah. Physics, again. Yeah, wow, that's so interesting. But, rule of thumb, drink whatever you want uh-huh. in whatever cup. Yeah. That's something I learned really important about judo. Not judo, kiss me, not judo, I'm not talking about judo. Beer, <laughs> beer, sorry. <laughs>
0: judo is a part of my life forever. <laughs>
1: that is true. <laughs> beer. Is that doesn't matter what you drink and how you drink, the most important thing is that you get happy.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Like at that. first, when I first got into craft beer, I wanna look at those people who drink Budweiser or Corona. I was like, oh, those people drinking shitty beers and no shit about beer, right? But then I realize, hey, just all about your experience. If yeah. you're happy, that's worth it. It doesn't matter what you drink. Yeah. Right? It could give you say if I give you a a two hundred dollar beer, uh-huh. I don't know if that exists, but if you don't enjoy it, what's the what's a point Boy. of it? Yeah, exactly.
0: So can you break down like just the general gist of like different types of beer and just like general knowledge for somebody who's been like drinking natty ice for like <laughs> years? Like, how do I get more educated? Like, just a short
1: yeah, absolutely. Well, first, and I'll you just, I'll just say that I'm not a pro at it, mm-hmm. right? If you're a pro, you can write a book about it, literally. Yeah. But in general, the most common or the beginner craft beer I would say is IPA.
0: Yeah. Electron. Or,
1: yeah. IPA stands for Indian Pale Ale, uh-huh. and if you wonder where that gives the name, it's because when British ship their beer to India, they have to throw a lot of beer hop in it.
0: Oh, to like preserve it? Exactly. Uh...
1: And it turns out, hey, it smells good, tastes good, let's just keep doing that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's I've I've heard people say, it's like, wow, this is like really strong, you know, and it's, I mean, and kind of, I mean. Strong
1: it's, as of taste or alcohol content?
0: I mean, Typically they're a little higher, right, in terms of alcohol content?
1: About two or three percent higher. Yeah. yeah,
0: but I know like the the scent of it is usually like Grapefruit IPA is like a pretty standard thing that yeah, you that's, find anywhere. they're pretty
1: standard, also pretty good. Yeah. Uh, those are really, no, the what's it called? Scalping, right, mm-hmm. by Ball's Point. That's a really standard IPA, but again, really good tasting. You have to guide yourself to find a taste. Yeah. Right, if you don't know shit about beer, you give your IPA Oh shit, it's really bitter
0: Yeah, right? that's, I think that's what it is Because like when I first drank an IPA I was like, oh, what is this? And yeah. then afterwards, I like
1: It's beer hop, right? Yeah, but I eventually got used to it yeah. If you don't know shit about beer You take an IPA It's just bitter as fuck Yeah <laughs> Right? Yeah They have a standard for that So they have a measure unit called IBU mm-hmm. For BioWiser, I think it's probably around 20
0: um, Wait, what's, it? what's an IBU? IBU,
1: it's called something something bitter unit Oh, I didn't even know that existed. That's the thing, yeah. Okay. It's a scientific, again, scientific mm-hmm. yeah. measurement of the bitterness. So for a Budweiser, it's probably around 20 or even 10.
0: Is it like 20% or is that 20 points?
1: 20 points. Okay. Just think about points. And for a IPA, I don't understand why, I think it ranges from 60 to 100. Okay, yeah, wow. Probably lower difference. than that, 60, yeah. So that's way bitter than normal beer. Uh-huh. But among the beer, the bitterness, there are so many flavors. Yeah. Most commonly, I will say you can find in an American IPA, mm-hmm. is probably tropical fruits. Yeah, right? it's usually about, like very fruity right? with like grapefruits and citrus. Yeah, it's that citrus flavor. That's again because of the hops. Mm-hmm. They use some sort of hops called um, Cascade or something like that, that just devolves your really strong tropical flavor. But again, you have to subconsciously to think of that. Right, when you drink the IPA, you think, okay, fruit, fruit, fruit. And then you smell it, and you say, oh, shit, you taste like fruit. Yeah. Right? If you don't think about it, you just say, oh, this is beer. I drink a beer. Oh, shit, it's bitter. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, you're not going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Right. Aside from IPA, there's double IPA and pure IPA. Those are just stronger versions of IPAs with usually higher alcohol content and stronger flavor, of course. Okay, just think of them as one category. And then another good beginner beer is probably Wagenstein yeah, or for its kind of wheat beer.
0: Yeah, and there's also like golden wheat beers or like white. Those
1: are more specific. Okay. Like for what kind stuff there? There are two the most two common seen are probably white, right? Weiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weiss beer and uh, dark beer. Yeah. Both are wheat, but the flavor is different because, you know, you have to bake the wheat, for beer making. Wait, so right? if there's
0: more wheat, is it darker or is it? Light?
1: Darker is when you roast it longer. Okay. And uh, the lighter the color is the lighter you roast it, uh-huh. right? That's why for dark beer have such a deep color and yeah. sometimes a caramel taste. Yeah, you yeah. know that. T- yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's when you, that's what happened when we roast the the, yeah. the wheat, mm-hmm. and those are really smooth, so very good for beginners. And then if I go a little bit deeper into craft beer, I probably start drinking what is called Trappist beer. I don't know what that is. Trappist is a religious branches in Europe... Europe, I think? Actually, not only Europe. There's one in America. So, okay. anyway, Trappist beer is made solely by monks. Wow. Yeah, entirely by monks. The factory has to be in the imaginary, and it has to be operated by monks, and the income should not be used for profit, but for charity. Oh, wow. It's a street guideline for Travis beers, but again, those beer are really special because they just taste like I don't even know how to describe it. Should I say caramel? Not caramel. A little bit of caramel, chocolate, wine, even. Och. So it's more
0: darker, sweeter.
1: Darker, sweeter. Okay. Absolutely of that, and it's really easy to appreciate. I'll be honest. Uh huh. It really doesn't take that much to to realize how much flavor is in. Trappist beer.
0: I mean, it kind of sounds like mead ish, right?
1: Like, it goes along with mead, yeah. Yeah. Actually, there's one Trappist brewery in Massachusetts. It's called Spencer. It's the only Trappist brewery outside of Europe.
0: Whoa.
1: Yeah. I think there are a total of 17, and six of them are in Europe. One is in America, and wow. here in Massachusetts, called Spencer. Go try that sometimes, absolutely. I haven't tasted it yet, but I think it should gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you're into heavier taste, you should probably try porter and stout. Yes, love those. I know you love those, right? And the name porter is referring to workers that work at the port, the seaport, uh-huh. back in the British their shining days, right? Yeah. See, and when they got tired at the port, they just go to the bar and just have a port porter. Yeah. And stout, you can just think of it as a stronger version of Porter. They both use really dark roast wheat, uh-huh. and that's where, the, that's where the caramel, chocolate flavor comes from. Yeah. But stouts in general are stronger.
0: Yeah, stouts can almost be like, uh, like, I've had some like coffee
1: stouts, you know. Coffee, you can, yeah, you can definitely integrate all, so many flavors into it, like coffee, vanilla, whatever. And a lot of people don't like stout because they think it smells like soy sauce. What?
0: Okay, I can kind of see that. Right, dude. Now I'm not gonna be able to unsee that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, it's
0: always been like it's more like um, it just feels less liquidy, more like creamy. You know what I mean? And yeah. Again, like
1: it's, it's a body.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: It's less sparkling. Right? Yeah,
0: it's more like uh, rich, rich. Almost. But right. it's also I can see how like some stouts like some people think it's like bitter. You know, it tastes it's very, definitely like, bitter. Rooty-ish. oh yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely bitter. Again, you have to use your mind to find those flavors to appreciate those. If you don't appreciate beer, it's okay, absolutely fine. you just drink whatever you like. Mm-hmm. But if you're into those things, you have to um, train yourself to to learn to to see those flavors. Yeah. And aside from that, there I mean, again, there are so many flavors of uh, beers out there, right? So specific, but those IPA, Trappist, Porter, Stout. Uh, and uh, wheat beer, I put some of the most common slim beers out there. Mm-hmm. You can just get those at Blanchard, and they yeah. taste great. Yeah. Again, the cost is a little bit higher than than, than light, like, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's, that's for sure. But, but it's this isn't something that you're gonna be like bringing to like a frat party. Like this is something right. that you kind of pour out and enjoy and have it with like a nice meal or like hanging yeah. you know, with friends. And it's a, it's a different occasion, you know. Like, exactly. Yeah, you don't.
1: And if you want to get drunk on those, absolutely you can because. <laughs> yeah. For for stout, some of them can exceed fifteen degrees. Or the content, the apple content. Fifty percent. Fifty percent. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean the most I've seen is pretty much like um uh, I think nine point five for Golden Monkey. That's not that's not stout, but like
1: 9.5 is not bad. Yeah, nine point
0: five, nine point seven for another stout. I don't remember. I'm I'm thinking of the one like right there at Avenue. But um I know, like their Kentucky Bourbon Ale too.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's pretty good. That was yeah. really good. Yeah,
0: because it literally just tastes like bourbon. But so. again,
1: yeah, ten percent is not low at all. Because I have one of those, is like the equivalent of three Budweiser. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I
0: didn't even think about that. I don't know. I'm used to just drinking like hard liquor straight, so it's like <laughs> <laughs> it just looks. Yeah. Right. You said you get drunk that way. I yeah no. I just I love vodka straight. I love Scotch straight. It's just, you have nice taste. That's just me. Yeah. I mean. It's gonna burn, but it's like it's kind of the same thing. Where it's like if you smell the, like if you prepare your palate and like like you smell it, and it's gonna like burn for a bit. But like once you smell it and you like really, like pay attention, like you can taste in some vodkas, like oh, there's like hints of vanilla here or like, uh, but again, it's gonna it's gonna burn. It's gonna. I burn.
1: think it's harder to taste that than tasting beer. To be honest. Oh, oh. Due to the apple content, right? Yeah, I guess I'm good at this. Is it just <laughs> a poundage issue? To so you can forget all oh, well, flavors. Nah. Yeah. Just. But, um, mm, aside from that, just beginning with those two, those two things, right, mm-hmm. is really not that hard to get into craft beer. Do you ever mm-hmm.
0: marinate any of your, like, food or, like, meats and stuff with kinds of, like, craft beer? Or, I like, would do that. You know? <laughs> nah. Dude.
1: I can try. I want to get into that. I know people marinate uh, their meat with just normal beer.
0: Yeah, even just, like, normal beer. Like, I've seen people just use, like, a, like, a course with chicken, and it tastes, like, completely different.
1: Right. Because yeah, there's the enzyme in it. Yeah. I really like protein, um,
0: yeah. Blue moon, because it has like that citrusy orangey kind of taste. I like to do that with like sausage and it's just like nice.
1: <laughs> yeah. Actually Blue Moon, yeah. yeah. You uh, you bring a great point. Blue Moon is also a really great beer. Is it easier to appreciate and easy to find, cheap.
0: You think it's like uh like in between the like the bottom tier and like the craft beer or, like where would you put Blue Moon? Because I love Blue Moon, but it's like it's like uh, Common enough that people know what it is, but it's like not common enough that like you see it at a party. <laughs> right. You know,
1: this thing so. is definitely above natty Looks like. Well, yeah, I mean, nat- is right. like,
0: literally drinking battery acid. Like it's pretty terrible. It's
1: <laughs> I think it's pretty. Mm, I wouldn't call it like craft craft beer, uh-huh. but it's definitely a. I say it's a goalkeeper. Right, a getaway yeah. to to the higher. Nice. I like right. it. I love it. It's yeah, great. it's great. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I think it tastes some like uh, thunder. A little bit since they're all witty beers. Mm-hmm. Cool, man.
0: Oh. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. my guy. That's pretty much it. That's yeah. all I got. A lot of knowledge. Mm-hmm. I got Enjoy
1: you know, beers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were in the information society.